0: Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we listen to the message. Thank you for joining us in celebrating Jesus today. And as we get ready to hear from God through his word, let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us your word. And as we listen to it right now, speak to us through me as your messenger. Who are you using to deliver the message you have for us today to us? In the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone says, Amen. Last week, we began the New Life sermon series, understanding the life that we have received, that God has given us from the time we gave our lives to Jesus. And from the sermon that Pastor Andrew Chimuli shared, we learned rather what it means to be born again and how we become born again today as we continue teaching on the new life we're going to talk about a new identity that we get when we become born again we take on a new identity and this is what paul in second corinthians chapter 5 Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So with the new life comes a new identity. Over 90 years ago, I got married to a beautiful lady called Shirley. And from then on, my identity is that of a married man. I'm no longer a single man. (laughs) I was before I got married, but I'm now a married man. And so when I'm talking to people, when I'm introducing myself to people, I tell them I am married because it is my new identity. Identity is very important to all people. It is a critical matter because identity defines who we are, where we come from, and to whom we belong. These days, when I go to government offices or to corporate organizations, one of the questions I'm often asked is, do you have your national ID? You see, passports, national IDs, school, work IDs, are important documents that no one wants to lose. Now, when it comes to family identity, it is a very important matter as well. Everybody wants to have a sense of family identity. Everybody wants to belong to a family. Sadly, research shows that many young people, millennials, and those we refer to as Gen Z, those are teens, they struggle with this issue of identity crisis, mainly because they have not experienced parental love, Parental care, parental availability. Parents have not been involved in their lives, and they have lacked parental support. So it's a big issue. Identity crisis. But, friends, there is a new identity that all of us need to have, that all of us need to get. It is the identity of being a child of God, a daughter of God, a son of God. It is the identity of being God's children. It is the most important identity we can have and we can get. And we receive that identity of being God's children when we give our lives to Jesus. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we become born again. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, tells us about our new identity. The writer John says, To all who did receive him, Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, he gave the privilege. To become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God." Wow! When you give your life to Jesus, you become a child of God. You take on a new identity. And the same person who wrote the Gospel of John also says in his first letter of John, First John chapter 3, verse 1. It is assurance about our new identity. He says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. Some, some Bible versions put it this way. See what kind of love the Father has lavished on us, has poured out on us, has immersed us in, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Hey, we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. You are son, you're daughter of God if you've given your life to Jesus, if you're born again. So what does our new identity of being God's children mean? Our identity of being God's children means we belong to God's family. Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter one, from verse three to five, tells us all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. Even before he met the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided In advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure making us his children adopting us into his family as his children gave God great pleasure oh what a privilege to belong to God to belong to God's family as his children You see, adoption in the ancient Roman society could take place at any age. The special thing about adoption was that it canceled all previous debts and relationships and gave adopted son a new identity of his new relationship with his father, whose heir he was given full rights to become. So friends. Being God's children means we belong to God's family. And since we belong to God's family, this is one thing that you need to take note of. In God's family, God is our Father. Listen to what Romans chapter 8 verses 14 and 15 says about our relationship with God as our Father. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, that is a Aramaic word, Daddy, Papa, Father. You see, I, my daughter, Cela Seresi, calls me Papa. And that signifies the relationship, special relationship she has with me, I have with her. The fact of the matter is, not every human being is a son or daughter of God. Though everyone is created by God in his image. Everybody has worth before God. Everybody has value. But not everybody is a son or daughter of God. It is only and only those who have given their lives to Jesus, who have surrendered their lives to Jesus, who are sons and daughters of God, who are children of God and have a special relationship with God as their father. Wow. Hey, as a born again person, as a follower of Christ, You have a special relationship with God as your father. You know, one time the disciples of Jesus came to him and requested him to teach them how to pray. And he told them, this is how you pray. Our father who is in heaven. He didn't tell them to pray our God who is in heaven our Lord who is in heaven, our King who is in heaven. He said, our Father, pray our Father who is in heaven. Because one he one wanted, wanted them to realize they had a special relationship with God as his children. God as our Father, listen to me, my friend, knows you by name, knows where you stay, knows what is going on in your life knows everything about you. He calls you his own. You are the apple of his eye. You are precious to God. You are special to God as your father. He loves us dearly and conditionally. In the hands of our father, God, we are secure totally, completely, and forever. Now you could have grown up without a father in your life. Your father wasn't involved in your life and maybe he's not involved in your life. You've not experienced the love of the father. You don't know what it means to have a father in your life. I want to encourage you today. God is your father. He loves you unconditionally. He has a beautiful plan for your life. Hey, he has a future for you and nobody will snatch you out of the hand of God, your father. Now, if you're not a child of God yet, you're not left out. You're not forgotten. Invitation to become a child of God, a son, a daughter of God, is open to everybody and anyone. Today, you can make a decision to become a child of God, to have a new identity of being God's child. And how do you become a child of God? When you give your life to Jesus, when you surrender your life to Jesus. God makes this promise in his word. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, I will be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's a promise to you right there. So since we belong to God's family, God is our father but also the beauty and the blessing of belonging to God's family is that we are brothers and sisters. We belong to each other. Paul in his, in his message to the Galatian Christians told them, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into, into, into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave, nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. And the promise Paul is referring to there is the promise God gave Abraham that his descendants would possess the land of Canaan he led him into. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the wonder of our identity as God's children is that despite our racial, our ethnic, gender, economic, or political differences, we are members of one family We belong to each other as God's children, as brothers and sisters. So we should not allow anything to do with race, to do with culture, to do with social status, to do with political affiliation or economic status, or even educational background. We should not allow anything to divide us. We should not look down on anyone because of our race, our culture, because of our gender, because you're a man or woman. You see, in Christ Jesus, in God's family, there is no tribalism. There is no racism. In Christ Jesus, in God's family, men are not more important than women. Women are not more important than men. Men are not superior to women. And women are not superior to men. In in God's family, we are brothers and sisters. And so we ought to love each other. We ought to value each other. We ought to serve each other. We ought to support each other. Mother Teresa once said that if we have no peace with each other, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Now, let me tell you something. Our relationship as brothers and sisters in Christ, in God's family, will never come to an end. We are brothers and sisters forever, for eternity. Let me tell you, I am your brother, though I don't know you, though I've never met you. Okay, I look different. I have a different skin complexion. And my height is different from yours. But I tell you what, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, then you are my brother, then you are my sister. We belong to each other. No matter where we come from, no matter which, the cultural background we come from, no matter the social background we come from, no matter the economic background we come from, we are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, there's no tribalism. There's no racism. In Jesus, Men are not more important than women. Women are not more important than men. Men are not superior to women. Oh, in Christ Jesus, we are brothers and sisters, and that means we ought to value, we ought to love, we ought to care, we ought to support each other, we ought to serve each other, and that pleases God our Father. Oh, so our new identity as children of God, means we belong to God's family. Secondly, it means we are citizens of heaven. (laughs) Paul in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 declares that he, God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Listen, friends. Though we are citizens of different countries, different nations, it is important for us to be aware that we belong to the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom. That's why Jesus, in his prayer for his disciples in John chapter 17, verse 16, highlighted that they did not belong to the world, just as he did not belong to the world. So as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, Our allegiance is first and foremost to Jesus, the King of the kingdom of heaven. Hey, our allegiance first and foremost should not be to our tribes, should not be to our cultures, should not be to ourselves, should not be to anybody or to anyone, but to Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the King of the kingdom we belong to, the kingdom of heaven. Our allegiance to him means anything that contradicts the culture of the kingdom of God, the behavior in the kingdom of God, values of the kingdom of God, we should not adopt it. We should not endorse it. Paul in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we are citizens of heaven. And that means our allegiance is first and foremost to God. But also, as citizens of heaven, we are ambassadors of Christ. 2 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 tells us, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal to the world through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, as ambassadors, we represent Christ, we represent the kingdom of heaven. Wherever God has placed us in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces. In the city God has placed you, in the nation God has placed you in, it is like the U.S. ambassador to Uganda. They are not in Uganda to do their own thing. They're in Uganda to promote the interests of the government they represent. They're in Uganda to advance the agenda of the government they represent. And also... Because we are citizens of heaven, we have a responsibility to participate in advancing God's kingdom. And we advance God's kingdom by investing our talents, our time, and our treasure in advancing God's kingdom. So many more people will come into God's kingdom and become children of God. Jesus, in His sermon on the Mount, told His disciples, do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth, where moths and rust destroy, and robbers break in and steal. Instead, store up riches for yourselves in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and robbers cannot break in and steal. For your heart will always be where your riches are. So as children of God, We belong to God's family, and we are citizens of God's kingdom, of the kingdom of heaven. But lastly, as children of God, we are co-heirs with Christ. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We are co-heirs with Christ. Paul in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 writes, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. (laughs) And the same writer Paul in Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 declares that because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. We read that a while ago. Now, you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. (laughs) And since you are His child, God has made you His heir. Our adoption as God's children is not the end of the story. Being God's children comes with the rights and privileges of being heirs and co-heirs with Christ. According to the Bible, an heir is a person who is legally entitled to receive something of value from a father. And a co-heir with Christ is a person who has been given the privilege of sharing Christ's inheritance. So ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening to me, God has given us a position of honor and authority in his family and kingdom to be co-heirs with Christ. So what belongs to Christ belongs to us. God has given us, for example, Christ's power, Christ's authority, and the Kingdom. What a privilege we've been given to be co heirs with Christ. Don't take it lightly and for granted. Now, let me encourage you, my friend who is listening to me hey, pay attention to this. Don't look down on yourself because of your past or because of your current circumstances or because you feel or people have told you you're a nobody, you're insignificant in that place, at your workplace, in society. Hey, you are a co-heir with Christ. And God has great things for you in store. You will inherit everything God has in store for you as his son, as his daughter. So (laughs) we have a new identity, and our identity is that we are God's children and what that means is we belong to God's family and we are brothers and sisters in God's family forever and we are citizens of heaven and also we are co-heirs with Christ. Now If you're not a child of God, if you're not a son or daughter of God, you're not left out as I said at the beginning. You are included in God's plan to make you his son, his daughter, his child. All you need to do to become a child of God is to give your life to Jesus. Is to surrender your life to Jesus. He is the way to the Father. No one comes to God. No one will have a relationship with God as a father unless they've given their life to Jesus. You know, we read the scripture at the beginning, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 that tells us that as many as believed in Jesus, they were given the right to become children of God. So right where you are, you can receive Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day for you to become a child of God and God becomes your Father. So pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, today I make a decision to follow you, to live for you, to honor you with my life. I welcome you in my life as my Lord and my Savior. Do what you want in my life and with my life. In your name I pray and everyone says, Amen, Amen. Let's celebrate the people who have given their lives to Jesus today. You've made a very important decision to give your life to to Jesus today. And you have become a child of God, a son, daughter of God. Welcome into God's family. Thank you for listening. We hope this sets you up to live a truly blessed life. Tune in next time as we continue to explore the scriptures and learn how we can overcome fear with our faith. For comments and feedback or counselling, write to connect at